Hey, well, good evening. Thank you so much for coming to the gathering, a place where we gather in the name of Jesus Christ because he is our Lord and Savior. And we are a church that believes if we follow the the book of, of God, the Bible and Acts, that if we gather in Jesus's name, great things will happen. And I, I think we've seen a lot of that happen in this room. And we're so grateful that you're here today. Make sure you're sitting with a couple people. If you guys need to merge a table or two, we're going to have a little bit of group discussion tonight. It's always fun to do that. Um, but what I want to do tonight is this. I want to do something to honor our servicemen. Now, if you've ever been in service, will you please stand? Hey, if you are, keep standing, keep standing, don't sit down. If you've been in service, you could stand a little longer. I know they've, I know they've kept you up a, a little bit longer than that. If you're a family member of someone that's been in service, will you stand? Because they give a lot up as well. So what I want you to do is... I was going to say a prayer. Why don't we just grab around a couple of these people and let's pray for them. And let's just be thankful that we have the freedom to pray out of lungs. So let's grab. You guys say some prayers on your own. And uh, I'll grab a group and we'll all pray. Unless we just want to do it together. You guys just want to do it together? All right. Let's do it together. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Thank you that you are the God of the universe. And that you are great. And that you've spoke words into our life. You are our breath. And that you've guided people to take that beyond their own life and serve others. To protect us for our freedom, Father. We give you thanks and praise for what they've done and how they live their life. And for our freedom. I know how valuable it is to be free today. And I know some of us do and some of us don't. But Lord, will you just bless and protect all of our service men and women all across this world. Let them know that they are loved that they are appreciated. And Lord, I pray for the fallen soldiers, men and women who have lost their lives all throughout the time that this country's been alive. I just ask that there has just been a blessing and that you will see their service, Lord, and that you will be a part of their life. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You know, if you've never lost your freedom or if you've never been in a foreign country and see how people treat uh, other people in country, uh, you don't realize how great our freedom is in California and other parts of the world. It's just amazing. So um, I'm I'm one that always is focusing on gratitude for my freedom. And uh, hopefully we uh, ooze that out of this church because we believe and love the freedom that we have. We're going to continue and actually close the book of Daniel. It just seems like for me, I I was up here a couple of weeks ago. I think this summer they only let me teach once, a 10 weeks break. And I don't know if that was a message they didn't want me up here. But I don't usually teach on Wednesdays. But it's great to get up here and be back a couple weeks from uh, a couple weeks ago as well. So um, tonight we're going to continue on Daniel chapter 2. If you guys have been following with us, there was a dream And there's going to be some interpretation tonight. 
And if there was a title of the chapter, it would be the title of a dream that almost was a nightmare. If there was a title of what was going to happen, it would have been a dream that almost was a nightmare. Now, my, uh, I have a little bit of education in psychology, and so I love some of the quotes from some of the early 1900 uh, mind thinkers, the ones that drag it out. There's a guy named Carl Ung, or Young, if you want to pronounce it, and he says this, Who looks outside dreams? Who looks inside awakens? There's, I think there's a quote up there if we have it, but Carl talks about this. It says, Who looks outside dreams? Who look inside awakens. When we look at ourselves and and we try and find something outside of ourselves, we are always dreaming. And I was a daydreamer. Anybody go to high school and daydream out the window all day? Did anybody get a good grade by doing that? I didn't, so I don't know what I did wrong, but I wasn't getting good grades. But... um, But what I've learned as I've grown up and matured a little bit, I haven't matured a lot. My wife would say I've matured a little bit, um, was that when I started looking inside, I awakened something inside of me. And that's what Carl's talking about. Sometimes we focus so much on our dreams that we don't look inside and try and fulfill something inside of us so that we can reach the places that we want to go. I hope that makes sense. So let me do a little bit of a recap of what's happened in chapter 2 as we close tonight. Nebuchadnezzar is a great king, and he has a dream, obviously. And during that dream, he brings all these wise people, astrologers to the liking, uh, people that focus on that, magicians, and anybody that was wise, he said, come and explain to me my dream. And if you can't tell me my dream, I'm going to kill you. And obviously, I don't know about you, but if you could see what's inside of this head, you guys wouldn't be here tonight. So it's hard to read people's minds, and it's hard to see what they dreamt the night before. And so once he found out that nobody can do uh, what he's asking, he makes an order. Everybody that's in my uh, congregation of wise people, I'm going to kill. And so he makes an order to go and kill everybody. Now, Daniel was a wise man. And he thought very quickly as Arioch is coming in to kill everybody. He's like, hey, why are we killing everybody? What's going on? And he intersects himself and he says, well, this is what happened. And so Daniel says, hey, if you give me a night... Smart guy trying to buy 24 hours, right? It's like MacGyver. If you give me a night, uh, maybe something will happen. And so he gets the night. And that night, what happens is he goes to God and he goes to his friends. And he says, hey, will you pray for me? And will you intercede? And let's pray so that we all don't die tomorrow. And so he goes to God with friends interceding. And... Um, from that point, there's this great moment of celebration because in the morning they realize that God has revealed himself. And so I just want to read the praise that Daniel does. It's in verse uh, 20, B, verse uh, all the way to 23. It says, Praise be the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and season. He deposes kings and rises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and the knowledge to the discerning. He, re- <coughs> excuse me, he, de- he reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells in him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made me known to what you have asked. You have made known to me what we have asked you. And you have made known to us the dream of the king. And I love that part of the Bible because 
more often than not, when God does something, I instantly take credit for it. And I start running around and give that away. And I forget to sit back and go, thank you, God. That was amazing. I want to give you the praise. So what I want before we start tonight is I want you to look at the group in your group. Look at that group. Some of them are scary looking. So look in your group. And I want you to ask this question. Tell the group the last time that you went to God and with your friends with something and then tell the result. All right. So the last time that you went to God with something, maybe uh, a mother or father or son or daughter got injured or hurt or something happened where you're like, I'm going to intercede with you, God. And I'm also going to ask other people to go tell them, tell that what happened and uh, the result. And let's do that in about three to five minutes. Now, don't be a time hog. There's always one or two in the group, so go ahead and go.
about a minute left, 90 seconds, so keep moving. Okay, about 30 seconds, so if you got four people left, give them three seconds each. All right, let's bring it back together. I got to do I want to do one more question, so I want to make sure we get time to that question and it gives us about 30 minutes still to get through the message. So Hey, um was anybody encouraged by hearing somebody at the table going to God and asking for other people? Anybody encouraged there? I think one of the principles that we think is that I just need to go to God and I'm going to be with God by myself and my word And I'm not going to include everybody because I'll be honest with you. A lot of people are prideful and they don't want to tell everybody that they have a problem. I'm sick. I'm broke. uh, I need a place to stay. Whatever's going on in their life. My marriage is falling apart. I'm getting married. Whatever the problems are. (laughs) It happens, doesn't it, John? The point is this, Daniel goes before God and then he says, hey, friends that we've been through a lot, will you go with me before God and let's see what happens? Does anybody know why? Go ahead. There's more power and more people praying, right? That's why we have a prayer list. That's why people have uh, set, put things on Facebook and on the journey thing saying, hey, pray for me. I get cousins that live all over the United States saying, hey, can you put us on your prayer list? Uh, One of my uncles is going through MS right now, and he doesn't want to have MS. I don't think anybody does. So anyways, we do that. So um, tonight what we're going to do is we've been going through this. Last week, Jeremy uh, showed what the dream was, and today we're going to interpret dreams. Once again, here's another person that he's pretty famous to working on the mind. His name's Sigmund Freud. And here's a quote that we have from Sigmund. It says, the interpretation of dreams is a royal road to knowledge of unconscious activities of the mind. Now, one of the things that's interesting is it says royal road. And this just reminds me of this verse because are struggling as a king to find anybody to interpret a dream. And for me, I think back to this and I'm like, Sigmund, I hope you were thinking about Daniel going before God, the ultimate king, to figure out what was happening. We have to go to this royal road. We as Christians know that Jesus, through the Holy Spirit and God, can do some miraculous things in our life and speak into areas where we need be, uh, areas to be spoken into. So today we're going to interpret this dream and we're going to see some divine work from God. So if you are able to stand, let's read from the first couple of verses. We'll read from 36 to 38, and then we'll pray that God will speak to us. 
This was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king. Your majesty, you are the king of kings. The God of heavens has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he's placed all mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds in the sky. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them. You are the head of gold. Let's pray. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for you being the blessing in our lives. Thank you that we have an opportunity to go to you with other people and pray. And you hear our prayers. And we wait patiently, Lord. If we're struggling to wait, Lord, will you open up our hearts to teach us how to wait even more. So that we can watch your glory shine. In your name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. So last week at the table, Jeremy uh, brought some crayons out and he said color. Now here's my color and this is what I did last week. Not too shabby. I got it within the lines. That, uh, uh, but here's what he said. He said color, and then he went through this whole process of, of, of what each, each one was. Gold was Babylonian Empire. Silver, the Medea and Persia. Uh, bronze is Greek. Roman Empire and the iron and clay would be considered the end times. And we'll talk a little bit about that more. But he went through this whole process of the colors, and each one of these represent kingdoms, and it says it actually ends through today. Uh, If you look it up on Google, you'll see a lot of them showing where we are at in the kingdom, and it's at the bottom where it says, in times. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, our text says, he's the head, he's the gold, and this is an indication that he has superiority as the kingdoms on this list. If all those, if we can go back to that verse real quick, I mean, that picture, if you go back, he says he is the top of this, this, this kingdom. And from him down, everything gets less and, and, and less and less to this point. So he is the one who is the, he's got the superior kingdom. Nebuchadnezzar was indeed a great king, but the power and strength and glory were from God. How do we know that? Verse 37 says that. If we look at verse 37, it says, Your majesty, you are the king of kings. The God of heavens has given you dominion and power and might and glory. So as Daniel is interpreting the tree, dreams, he's, he's kind of patting Nebuchadnezzar on the back saying, Hey, pretty good, but my God's the one that gave you it all. And so he's not only interpreting the dreams, but he's speaking into that person's life. Saying, I need you to hear what God is trying to tell you. And that's hard to hear. It's hard to hear God, first of all, and it's hard to hear God through somebody else because a lot of times we don't want to hear that uh, in some aspects. But here we see Nebuchadnezzar is getting a, a, a little bit of understanding that God is the one. Nebuchadnezzar's rule was pretty powerful. It said in 38, your hands, uh, in your hands he has placed all mankind's beasts of the field and birds in the sky. What does that sound like? If you look to Genesis chapter 1, it almost sounds exactly what God said. Look at this. We've got these both verses up there. And it says the very same thing in Genesis 1. He says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may be ruled over, over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals, and all over the creation, all over the creations all along the ground. Basically, it's saying the same exact thing here. Nebuchadnezzar is seeing something, but God is pointing something out to us as well. 
That from the beginning of time, this king was going to be anointed. And he's got dominion and power. And he's one of the greatest kings in the world of all time. He is the gold head, the gold standard of kings. And from that point, everything changes. The other thing that's interesting to me is God is always at work, right? When I see a verse that happens in Genesis and then later down the road in Daniel, they work together for the good of, 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 our, of, of his sake. And all, God is always at work. If you're struggling today and you're missing something in your life, God is at work. It's our job to just sit back and be patient and clean out our ears and our minds so that we can hear God if that's even possible. Let's continue. Verse 39 says, After you, another kingdom will arise inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom of bronze. One will rule over the earth, over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for the iron breaks and smashes everything as it breaks iron. As iron breaks things into pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. Just as you saw the feet and the toes were partially of baked clay and partially iron, so this will be a divided kingdom, yet it will have some of the strengths of iron in it, yet it, as you saw, it's, you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partially iron and partially clay, so this kingdom will be partially strong and partially brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united with any more any more than the uh, iron mixed with the clay. Being dyslexic, that's hard to read sometimes. So, Now, I want to show you a picture of the toes because there's another slide that shows the picture of the toes. And at the bottom of this, it talks about where Christ is going to come. And this is what we're talking about here, where Christ is going to come. He's at the bottom. He's let all these kingships come. And at the bottom, you see Christ come in. Now, why is this important? For Americans, we struggle with kingship. And ever since Nebuchadnezzar, we have watched the deterioration of kingship all over the world. We struggle with kingship. We don't understand kingship because we have a Congress. But to be honest with you, if Jesus was back on earth, his kingship would be a pretty dictatorship. It'd be pretty harsh. And there'd be a group of people that wouldn't want to be a part of the kingship because he's asking too much. Bow to me, worship me, seek me, listen to me, do what I want you to do. But that's what we're waiting for. My life's too hard. There's too many decisions. I got kids. I need help. Right? Christ king, uh, the, the kingship we struggle with. And you're seeing as Daniel's predicting something. This is something that happened several hundred years back. And there's predicting the future today. Now, what I want to do is what we just read is an application or interpretation of the dream. But does it really make sense to us today? What I want to do is give you some application in, in the 21st century. So those that we can understand what that means. So here is some simple application for those last few verses. And how the kingship of Nebuchadnezzar makes sense to us today. The first thing that we can see in this text is that God is in control. We see that in verse 36 and 37. Your majesty, you're the king of kings. But the God of heaven has given you dominion, power and glory. We see that God is in control. 
And that's an important part. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to spend a few more minutes at the table, and I want you to ask the question. Talk to your groups and see where God is in, where you've given God control, or if you're a control freak, where you need to give God some control in your life. So I want to spend a few minutes on this, but I still got a bunch of scripture to get to, so go. Where have you given control, or where do you need to release control? Keep it moving. We're running out of time, so... Okay, we got one minute. Okay, close it up. We got 15 seconds. We're going to bring it together.
the purpose of asking these questions is, are you able to go to God with, peop- with other people? That was the first question. And this question is something that I learned in my life several years ago, which is, I need to turn over control. Every time I take control, I end up in places I don't want to be, and I don't understand why. Check, checking accounts with, with multiple overdrafts. Making decisions that don't make any sense. Being evicted. Having someone ask me to leave my house. And that one was a lady that I was married to. Not fun. But when we get let go and let God, and it's a big part of life. It's a, it's, it's a mature aspect of Christianity when you can get in and go, I am not in control and I need to let go. Because God is in charge. He's all powerful and he's in control and we see that. And that's what Daniel is teaching us in the book today, that he was in control. God was in control back then and he was predicting the future of how the kingdom was going to kind of go from this great kingdom... Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom was the gold standard, and from there it was going to deteriorate. And we see that. God knew, knows the future, He planned the future, and for those that call themselves Christians, He is our future. He enabled King Nebuchadnezzar to do and be the king that he was. Nebuchadnezzar didn't know from this interpretation how long his kingdom was going to last, but he knew this it was going to end. Right? And that's what we are. One day, our, our journey is going to come to an end. And if we are pressing forward and believing in Jesus Christ, our journey just begins. This life is just a shadow when we believe in Jesus Christ. There's actually real life that we're going to celebrate. The second thing that we can glean or grab from this as an application is the human enterprise declines as time goes on. Now, people don't see this. Today, we have bamboozled ourselves to think that the human enterprise, are you kidding me? Look at what we're doing today. The world is so much different and better than it was with Nebuchadnezzar. Well, let's look and see. This massive statue didn't change just in value from gold to clay, but it changed in strength as well. And it was ten times, I guess gold is ten times heavier than silver and vice versa. It goes all the way down. The actual, the actual uh, hierarchy of this was actually the gold was the heaviest. And the, 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 the lightest was the clay at the bottom. We see as time goes on, things change. It said in 39, after you, another kingdom will rise in fear of the earth. Next, a third, another kingdom of bronze will roll over the whole earth. But what's happening is these kingdoms are deteriorating. This kingdom, this statue was top heavy. And what we see when there's top-heavy, that there's decline when there's something that's top-heavy. It can't go on this way. When we survey history and we look at one level of life and we just look at one area of mankind in history today, we will see improvement and progress from back there to today. We see that. That's pretty plain. But if we look a little deeper, we will see decline and decay. And I'll explain that. Thoreau says this, Thoreau says this, he says, America has improved means to an unimproved end. Think about that for a second. We have improved, but the end is unimproved. 
It's always been the same, and it's been from this time. And that's the prophecy that we're seeing today. We're seeing that, that we think we've improved so much that the world is a better place. And the truth is, it's actually declining. Let me expand on this. There's a guy named Warren's, Warren Wearsby. He's a guy that's a newer commentary. It's a, one of the newest commentaries that you can get on the market today. And it's something that I, I read quite a bit to do messages. And he's writing some of the stuff that makes sense. We can speak to people anywhere in the world today. Video conferencing. We can see people on laptops and on phones, and I could talk to my nephew in Mexico quite frequently. I can call from Facebook. Pretty amazing. The question is, do I have anything to say to them? We can speak to anywhere, anywhere, anytime. But you remember when you used to have to pay for long distance? I have a, Liz, close your ears. I used to have a girlfriend long distance, and the bill was horrific. Anybody remember paying a long distance bill? We don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore. And that was just recent. That's the, that's, the, that, that's the recent past. Let me expand a little bit more. We can travel better than anywhere and at any time. We've gone to places like we've never gone. To the moon and to the uh, satellites and all that. But we can get on a plane. If I need to be in the East Coast tonight, I can get on a plane tonight and be in the East Coast by morning to do something emergency or to be there after church. I can go anywhere. I can be in, uh, I can be if I leave tonight in China or Singapore, I can be in Europe pretty quickly to be there for something. I can go a lot of places. And the question is, but have we made progress on war, poverty, violence? Have we made progress on famine at all? But we can go to the moon and we can have satellites so I can uh, FaceTime somebody. But we haven't really affected anything. There's still wars and there always will be wars because that's not part of our fix. We are grateful for many things because life is so comfortable. We've made life so comfortable and so amazing. We're so grateful. Good homes. A, a, a car that moves. For me, I got a great car. It goes from A to B every morning. Please, Lord, I'm just saying this as a thing. It starts up every morning. Don't, sh- don't humble me tomorrow. We've got planes and trains and all these things. We've got powerful medication that's taking cancer and going right to the cancer and not destroying it anymore. Where people aren't having all those things. We've got powerful medicine and our devices. Thank the Lord for our devices. The, the marketing says if Jeff Foss gets a new phone yesterday that his life is better. The new iPhone 6 will make your life better. You will connect to somebody so much quicker. And I promise you, if you buy this new device, you will be better tomorrow. It's just not true. It's just not true. All these things that we've created, medication and and all this stuff brings new problems, right? Drug addiction, cell phone addiction. My kids need to get off the cell phone. And, and, And honestly... So do I and probably so do my wife, right? We all have the same problem. So they bring different problems. Listen to this quote. This is what Warren says is at the end to kind of sum this up. It's easier to make a living today, but it's hard to live life today. I mean, I can go make a living. I can go anywhere and make a living at a minimum wage or something. I can start 
money. And I don't have to do what I had to do 500 years ago or 5,000 years ago. It's different. I don't have to kill my food. I just got to kill the population to get to my food. It's easier to make a living, but it's harder to live. How do we know that? People are struggling all over. The world is in decline. But we think because of we've made a few pro- progressive things happen in our life that we're actually doing much better. When we had a cell phone, before cell phones, how did we live? It's amazing. They lived a lot of just as well as we before. So, anyways, we think that things are better, but the truth is we are still declining because the problems are getting worse and worse, not getting better and better. You think that we would see that. Number three is this. The truth is, in the end, it will be difficult to hold things together. In the end, it will hold difficult, difficult uh, things together. The feet are mixed at that bottom of the thing. They are mixed with clay and, and iron. And the verse that comes to our mind tells us that it's going to be a difficult. Verse 43 says, And just as you saw iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united and any more than iron mixes with clay. There's not going to be unity anywhere. We can't even be unified in our own country and we've got the greatest amount of freedom. Right? we got people celebrating Veterans Day and in the same breath they got people boycotting the military. And we're in the greatest country, the most freest country. We're in decline. The truth is, the end, things won't hold together. Well, what is he saying? Daniel is prophesying what the future is going to look like. Iron is strong, durable, clay is weak, and it crumbles. Iron strong, uh, clay uh, appears strong, clay looks weak. Except the stuff in Somas. Have you ever tried to dig the clay in Somas? It was miserable. I was in landscaping, that's why I'm a pastor. They didn't like the way I dug out there. Clay robs iron the ability to stay together. And that's what's happening. They see this mixture. And these two, these two things don't mix. They're not strong enough. They can't stay together. And it robs the op- op- opportunity for them to stay together. Society is held together by treaties, by promises, by traditions, and by culture. But they can be easily broken, easily forgotten. And easily ignored. Easily. We can make a treaty today. And someone could walk across the line and break it tomorrow. Businesses fail. Economies fail. Countries fail. All of us are part of the mix. All of us aren't any better than we were back then. And that's what Daniel's prophesying. Man at best is just clay, right? He built us out of dust and clay. We're creators, and we're the great destroyers as well. Destroying homes, destroying our bodies, destroying everybody else for our own needs. The heart of all problems is the human heart. And that's what we struggle with day in and day out. And that's what Daniel is trying to bring to us with application. Number four is this. One day... Jesus will return and destroy his enemies and establish a kingdom. We'll see verse 44. In those times, in the, in the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another person. It will be crushed. All those kingdoms, it will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. It 
but it itself will endure. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of the mountain, not by human hands, a rock broken, that broke the iron, that, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold into pieces. I think there's a picture of, of this. Go back to it. Christ is our cornerstone. No human hands. It says, this cornerstone was not created by human hands, though man thinks they're the greatest creator of all time. Non-believers and believers. There's tons of Christians that think they had it all put together. But here in this mountain, this is made by God. And it's the cornerstone. Christ is our cornerstone. Not man-made. Not carved out to be made by man. It was made by God. And that's what the, one, of the, um, one of the applications is. That God cut Christ out of God's hands. Not man's hands. So that he could be an offering for us. Listen to what Isaiah 28 says. Therefore, the Lord God said, Look, I have laid a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious stone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will, not, uh, will be unshaken. This was a prophecy that Isaiah was speaking out as well. Saying, look, I've got a tested stone, a precious stone, a sure foundation... And those who believe will be unshaken. And I think I have one more slide about the end times. And we talk about this. This is a prediction of the end times. It says that the Holy Roman Empire will last until end days. It says uh, the, God, the great God, verse I think the 45b says, The great God has shown us the king will not... Will, Show the king what will take place in the future. This dream is true and his interpretation is trustworthy. So now the king Nebuchadnezzar has received this. And he says, look at everything I've told you is true. The decline of man is coming. And Daniel just spoke into existence what's going to happen thousands of years later. How the world is going to be in decline. Though we think we're going upward, we're going in decline. Daniel was a very knowledgeable person. He was wise beyond his years. And God used him to teach Nebuchadnezzar, the greatest king of all time, and to teach Christians in Camarillo on a Wednesday night on November 11th. Daniel being given knowledge and wisdom for Nebuchadnezzar So that Nebuchadnezzar could see the truth was not for Daniel, but it was to show God's power and God's love. When you you give up control and things in your life, God shows his power and people around you see that happen. Let's close. It says, 46, then Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before the Lord, paid him honor, offered him an offering and incense to be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. All of a sudden, he is so excited about what has happened because this guy spoke something that only uh, him and God would know. Think about it. Someone telling you your dream, how creepy that would be. Especially if it was inappropriate. Guess none of you have had those before? I haven't, Liz, so it's okay. 
But he's excited. So here's what it says, verse 48. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position, lavished and lavished many gifts on him. He made him the ruler over the entire province of Babylon, Babylon and placed him in charge of all the wise men. Moreover, Daniel's request to the king, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained in the royal court. Now, what does that mean for us? As we close tonight, I want you to think of these last few words. Never forget where you came from. One of the greatest memories I have is what I used to be like. You know? And not only that, having people that knew me back then. Never forget that. That's what happens here at Daniel. Friends and family, without my parents being a part of this church, it would be a struggle for me personally. They take up so much, take off so much. Without my wife, who, you know, when the church first started, said she was going to go to work so I could stay home and minister to people. Amen. My girls happened to be at church even when they didn't want to be at church. They're not here tonight, by the way, so one of them's not. The point is this. Don't forget, a great leader never forgets how they got where they got. And they also raise up the people that are around them that got them there and said, Hey, come with me. Come with me and let's do this together. And they get appointed as well, and they don't forget that. And that's what this church is founded on, great friendships that are all trying to do the glory of God. I want to close with this verse. A stone that would cause people to stumble, a rock that will make them fall, they will stumble because they disobey the message, which, we're all dest- which is what we're all destined for. As we close today, we will stumble, and we are going to fall. But we have a rock that will carry us through everything if we remember the message. And the message is not from me. The message is from God. That we have a God that does all kinds of things and brings us application and understanding to a text that might not make sense to all. And he speaks in ways that our kids can understand, uh, uh, we can understand, and, you know, people beyond beyond the the older age, I guess I was trying to say. I was trying to say it very politely. He speaks to all ages. So what I want to do tonight is I just want to close in prayer. I want you guys to close as well. I'm going to take the mic off, and I just want you to pray around your table, and then I'll bring it to a close, all right? Thank God for your freedom. Thank God for the grace that he's given you. Thank God that you can turn your life over to his will, and he will guide you. Let's pray. the table one person
Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are all-powerful, that you are a sovereign God, that you hear our cries even when we don't hear you, Lord. I pray that you will break down areas in our life so that we can see you, that we can hear you. I pray that you will bring provision where provision is needed, jobs, housing, relationships to be rebuilt, and any sorrow and loss to be healed. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.